welcome to a brand spanking new edition. Calm down. Take a cold shower, please. Actually, no, you are more than you are more than happy to be excited. We are all excited to be together again. We are putting the band back together. We're on a mission from God here. This is the Nesson After Hours podcast presented by People's United Bank. I am Emerson Lotzi. Yes, you are. You seal- are. You are Sealy Godwin. I, I'm digging your energy today, young lady. I, I'm sorry. I'm so I missed you so much, Emerson, over the last two weeks. I know you and your family have been going through a lot, but I am so so happy to have you back. And yep. we're still thinking about Thank you. you. And little man Rufus, um, love, love you, you yes, so 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 much. I am absolutely um, yeah. question side, but it's good to have a little bit of distraction right now. What, what do we have coming up? We got a we got a damn good podcast today. Yes, we are two weeks two weeks away from opening day. We're checking in at Red Sox summer camp with the homie Julie McWilliams, and then we're getting soccer insider Paul Tenorio to discuss ML, MLS bubble life as a second team withdrawals from the tournament. So a double dose of guests for you on this Friday. We'll also try to get around to some NFL and NHL headlines as well, if I can get Emerson to shut the f- up. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. Love you so much. Hey, it's been a bizarre and unique week for baseball, hasn't it? Oh, my. And now we're, we're less than two weeks away from opening day. It, it, feels, it feels like every day. It feels like every day we're seeing something new, especially with the Red Sox. So let's bring in Julian McWilliams right off the top, shall we, of the yeah. Boston Globe. Jules, it's damn good to see you. It's damn good to have you here. And we have, a, we have some questions about the Red Sox. We have some questions about summer camp going down right now. You're the perfect man to answer this. Uh, right off the top, though, is Ron Renneke's head spinning yet? It, it has to be, right? Like, you lose Eduardo Rodriguez. Like, you lose uh, what's got? Josh Taylor. You lose Darns and Hernandez. You're practicing at Boston College. In addition to practicing here, you have different stations here. You have Jason Veritek behind home plate. Like, what's going on? <laughs> I have no you know idea, I mean? man. What's going it's, on? It's so, wild. It's wild. But the thing is, is they're doing, it seems like, the best that they can possibly do, given all of the different things that are that are happening in this very fluid situation. Uh, we got the first intra-squad game of the summer under, under our belts now, uh, the home – Put that in quotations. Red Sox won four nothing. Jonathan Lucroy, pair of hits. Don uh, Andreoli with a three-run bomber. How are these little scrimmages shaping out? It's not a full nine, is it? No, it's it's like generally just five innings, and then they're gonna expand, expand, expand as time goes on. Um, <clears throat> so they have their second one today, and it's funny. Uh, they have piped-in sound now, like so ah. you don't hear the players. Players, I guess. Did we we see teams in like Korea do this? Yeah. So like yeah, they had okay. so like so because like the other day like Austin Bryce was just mfing himself on the mountain. He just heard everything. So I guess the rest of us <laughs> I saw that like, tweet of yours too, yeah. and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm I'm picking this so, up. But um, but no, they're going well. I think you know Nathan Navaldi looked really good. He's looked really good since the start of the spring. Um, and I think that's going to be the guy to really carry them. But by, by the end of the day, like it comes down to pitching. Hopefully, uh, Rodriguez can come back um, as okay. soon as he can, and then hopefully you can get your bullpen arms because you, you, those are three lefties, right? You lose Darwin's and you lose uh, Eduardo, and then you lose uh, uh, Josh Taylor. So those are huge, huge big arms that they have. And, and granted, they've already lost Chris Sale. So it's going to yeah. come down to pitching, but hopefully, you know, in this sprint of a season, these guys can get back on track because they have the hitting. It just comes down to the pitching. Yeah, it's a, it was a nice positive sign to uh, read about Nathan Avaldi's performance. Uh, and is, so is Erod? Is he? He's not going to be ready for opening day, right? So is this going to be Avaldi's going to have to step up? Correct. Has that already been decided. 
it's it's i think it's, it's more likely, likely than not right likely. yeah because then he has to ramp up like he has to like it's two weeks left it's he has to go through uh, this quarantine period plus then rep and they'll ramp up for the season it's, it's going to be a lot so maybe by his second start but i just can't see him being ready by uh, opening day like jules you mentioned <clears throat> the offense and and the hitting is this team built for a 60 game season it could be i mean it, it just comes down to whoever gets hot right i mean you look at teams like as last year, like the Seattle Mariners, they were looking like the best team in baseball through like 30 games or 40 games. So the Red Sox have great, have way more talent than the, than the Seattle Mariners do. So uh, you can look at that and just see, it's like, hey, it's a sprint. And whoever whoever gets the finish line first, um, you know, that's 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 going to be, you know, the deciding factor for them to get in the playoffs. I think they have the hitting to be able to do it. But again, it just comes down to that pitching. And Heimbloom's a guy that's been able to be creative uh, use as many arms. They have an expanded roster. They can use 60 players, up to 60 players, so they can use these players interchangeably. Yeah. Um. He's 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 creative in that way. So yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't count the Red Sox out of, out of it too too soon because they have they have everything to get it done. Yeah. We saw the way that they implemented the yeah the the opener too. We saw the way yeah the we saw the way they implemented yep. that in Tampa Bay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, might... Does this feel like a year that really contenders could be anyone because there's so much fluidity to the situation and you know I, I feel like compared to other years this is a year where any underdog it's, it's on the table do you feel that way anybody I think anybody can like reach get in get into the playoffs now especially with like it just being a 60 game season it's a small sample size and baseball is all about sample sizes right you look at a 162 game season that's a long long season now you're looking at 60 games Anybody can be great in 60 games. Anybody can hit 460 games. Look at Cody Bellinger, for example, his first 60 games. He was hitting like 420, you know. So it's – it's it, you, can't, you can't really count these teams out um, that, you know, have these small windows and small sample sizes to be able to get things done. It's just about whoever gets hot. I think Ron Rennick mentioned the other day. It's like we would love to get hot in the beginning, but if we don't, then, you know, we have to get hot somewhere, and then it's just about sustaining it. So whoever gets hot at some point and sustains it, I think is going to be able to be able to get to the play, get to the playoffs. Well, Joel, speaking of 162 games, I mean, thank God we already have 2021 schedule here. <laughs> I, like they're releasing yeah. that like, like within 72 hours of of the 20 of 2020 schedule that hasn't even started, which we know that's going to be extremely complicated to get underway. It's just another example of, of maybe Major League Baseball being a little out of touch or just not really knowing how to market itself here. Dude, I, I, it's so crazy. I was like, am I having, like, deja vu? Like, what, what the heck yeah. is going on? Because they open up against Baltimore at home again. Yeah. And so it's like, and they open up against Baltimore at home next month or at the end of this month. It was like, what's going on here? Is this yeah. the same schedule? I'm like, oh, 2021. You got to okay. respect their optimism, though. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. It's like um, sending. It's like sending Rihanna, like, a like a sup tweet, you know, and just, yeah. like, okay, whatever. <laughs> you got to shoot your shot, I guess, right? Uh, yeah, shoot or shoot, man. It was <laughs> weird to see that news of the schedule already coming out when it's like shouldn't you guys be more focused about right now just yeah. trying to get a 2020 season yeah. under and, like you're just trying he, to get 60 games in here <laughs> like hey sh sh guys like this 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 2020 season we hope happens like can this <laughs> can we can we please just get this done like why are we looking for now like no no please please it's just bad optics <laughs> Uh, hey, if something goes down with uh, Joe S., who is now all of a sudden like Major League Baseball's coronavirus conspiracy theory umpire, uh, Jason Veritek can kind of slide on, put on like the mask, a different mask than he has worn like in the past. Uh, what was your takeaway from seeing Tech back there behind the dish? It was awesome. I mean, I, I you saw 
and he, he looked the part too, right? He and then did. He, had the, he was decked he had like out. The huge, like, he had the huge, like, K, like, ah, Oh, that was like, on, yeah, that was on J.D. Martinez too. Yeah, so he's like, he, get out of here, big boy. Yeah, he punched him out like that. So it was, <laughs> it was awesome seeing that. That was great. Uh, Jonathan Lucroy had a pretty solid first showing there. Um, how is he going to fit in? And obviously having the tech back there, he has someone he can lean on and really, really help him, even though Lucroy is, you know, an all-star player caliber himself. Yeah, so he's, he came in and he signed a minor league deal. Um, he's trying to make the team, but, I mean, this is a guy that played with Ron Renneke in, <clears throat> in Milwaukee when he was an all-star. Um, look, he, I mean, when, when, he's, when he's good, he can, he can really hit, uh, and he's also a veteran leader. You know, I covered, I covered uh, Luke Croy when I was uh, covering the Oakland A's, and he took that pitching staff from being like a mediocre pitching staff <clears throat> to below average to just, to, and just sort of like, hey, to get on my shoulders and, you know, like, to, I'll, I'll tell you guys how to how to get to the finish line. They made it to the playoffs. So um, this is a guy that they can really, really lean on for veteran leadership. I think somebody like Kristen Vasquez can really uh, benefit from having a Jonathan Lucroy back there. Just as just, you know, somebody he can just like, you know, bounce stuff off of too. So, and he was also playing a little bit of first base. So you can use him a little bit interchangeably. And I think he'd be a really good bat, solid backup for him for sure. How nerve-wracking has it been for the Red Sox with this, like the Raphael Devers situation? Like he's had the, he's tested now. Uh, thank God, negative. He's cleared his fourth COVID nineteen test. But I mean, this is supposed to be one of your like young monster bats in the lineup, and you kind of see him struggling with health right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was he was out in the field getting some running in too because he's looking a little healthy. Uh oh, quarantine. A little quarantine healthy. Oh, no. A little healthy. Some, some little. This isn't going to be like a Pablo Sandoval situation, is it? No, he's not that. He's not like okay. that. He's All not right, like cool. that. Woo! But, but then when he when he picked up his bat, though, you were like, oh yeah, that's why. Yeah. That's cool. He's good. Everything's all good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what kind of expectations Sorry, are going to be put on him this season then? I think a ton, especially particularly with. Uh, it being such a shortened season, them losing Mookie Betts. I mean, he emerged as one of the leaders of the team, and he just emerged as one of the best players on the team. Not necessarily a leader, but one of the best players on the team uh, last year, especially with this bat, you know. Um, I think <clears throat> a lot of people are going to be looking for him to sort of see how he does without Alex Cora, right? Alex Cora was a person that was uh, in his corner a lot. Alex Cora was a person that pushed him uh, to the limits a lot. I know he has Carlos Fables now, who who's still who's taking on some of that role, but um, now it's like, okay, like the training wheels are off. Like you're, you're 23, 24 years old now. Uh, you don't have, you know, your mentor behind you. It's like, how are you going to respond to this? So it's going to be a big season for him in a, in a lot of ways. Uh, Jules, just overall, after a week here, uh, looking at big picture with Major League Baseball, after a week of, of, of opt-outs, failed tests, canceled uh, workouts, has your confidence level in this season, uh, you know, in regards to it actually like happening and being completed all 60, has that changed at all? I mean, you got to get the testing right for crying out loud if yeah. you're even going to have I mean, this yeah. season. Testing yeah, yeah, testing. Like, the testing has been a, been crazy. I think – Seems like you know, a nightmare. It's, it's a 100-page, yeah. you know, safety protocol manual here. It's going to be hard to implement all that stuff. I, in the beginning, like, when this first happened, when you saw, I guess, uh, the Dodgers had to, you know, had issues. Or not the Dodgers. Like, the A's had issues. The Nationals. Mm -hmm. The Houston Nationals had issues. It's like, is this going to happen? And so – but then, you know, I think – I think Mitch Moreland said it was like, you know, it's not going to be something that's perfect in the beginning. So, um, but I think in this situation, it's imperative on, in, certain, in, in that it's perfect going forward because this is a huge, huge deal. And it's not like they're in an NBA bubble where you can sort of like, you know, I guess, keep out the virus, quote unquote, I guess, I don't know the word that you would use, but 
um, it's not it's not insulated in a sense. These guys are traveling. I know they fly private, but like it's private and they're traveling to, you know, they're still taking planes, you know, still going home, they're still, yeah. you know, associating outside of this this ballpark. So a lot of it falls on the players to be diligent. But in terms of the testing, that's where it needs to really, really be uh, they need to really, really get that right because there's just so many moving parts. And if you don't have that together, um, it can all uh, just, you know, sputter out of control. So yeah. I'm hoping that this can, uh, going forward, they, they, they sort of, I guess, got it together and, and being able to, uh, you know, put this in a situation where they can put this in, pers- in perspective and see that, they, hey, this needs to be the number one thing that we need to take care of in order to have a season. Uh, Jules, real quick before you go, the second little inter-squad scrimmage coming up here soon. Any insight on uh, what we may see out there today? Well, it's hot. I'm looking. I'm not. I'm looking. Dude, I'm really looking. Yeah, I'm it really is hot though. Great. Like it's it's disgusting outside. Yeah. It's nasty, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm so, like I can't walk outside because I'm, I'm moist when I walk outside. Ugh, you know I hate that. <laughs> you use I know. That all the time. Me too. I'm moist too. I'm moist in here. <laughs> yeah, I'm moist I everywhere. Did. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> that's oh, just man. this moist environment we're living in. Can no, you guys stop? <laughs> Both of you, Jesus. Uh, I, all I wanted to know was just how, how this next scrimmage is going to look. And we stuff I'm, looking forward to, I'm looking forward to seeing Devers. How about that? Okay. <laughs> A moist Raphael Devers out there. Oh, he's definitely moist. He's for sure moist. <laughs> Leaving. I, I Damn that. it, I love you, Jules. <laughs> <laughs> all right, go do your thing, man. Go become right, man. less moist if possible. Getting some hey, air Hey, and uh, RIP to my man Rufus, man. Uh, you know, I, yeah, dude. Thanks, brother. Yeah, I appreciate all, it. All uh, like, you, yeah, you were um, you were awesome, man. I do appreciate like some yeah. of the messages you sent me and stuff, and we had a good conversation. We've had a lot of really positive support from like our friends. So if there's one thing that this is definitely reminded us of, not only is like you know as cliche as it sounds, life's not guaranteed the next day or in the next three weeks, but we also have um, some great friends. Life is a lot about who you surround yourself with, and we have surrounded ourselves with. Um, lot of lot of very good human beings and you're one of them so thank you you and Thanks, Taylor, you can uh, producer fred on this podcast love you right. buddy Julian, Julian, love appreciate you the time buddy we'll, we'll chat with you later all right love you guys see you later bud all right so up here in boston the red sox are trying their best to keep the coronavirus at bay but uh, down in a hot spot like florida where the wnba the nba mls are all trying to play it just seems like it's even more challenging Paul Tenorio of The Athletic joins us now, the national soccer reporter for them. Uh, Paul, three games into the tournament, two teams have already dropped out. Uh, Would you say at this point that the bubble plan is a success? It depends on who you're talking to. The league wants to tell you that it is a success, and the reason they believe it is a success is because they haven't had any spread within the bubble yet that they know of. Um, The two teams that dropped out, however, show the issue with the bubble, which is that you cannot prevent teams from bringing COVID into the bubble from their markets. And um, the biggest problem that's here is the incubation period. You know, coronavirus, COVID has an incubation period of two to 14 days. So the fact that these teams are taking tests multiple times before they leave doesn't mean that they won't get on a plane carrying the coronavirus and then arrive in Orlando and a couple days later have COVID and test positive for COVID. We've now seen that 20 times with players in Orlando, 20 different players, 10 with FC Dallas. Actually now we reported yesterday another player, so 11 with FC Dallas, 
nine with Nashville and one with the Columbus crew have come into the bubble and then later tested positive. And that's been the big issue with MLS so far. So, you know, the coronavirus has penetrated the bubble down there. How safe do these players feel? I think all of them have a level of anxiety for sure. There, there is a concern because you're sharing a hotel with these players. Now, many of these players are quarantined, especially with those two teams. Um, th- so the players say, look, we, we, while we're here, the protocol feels safe. The testing is, is really quick. The whole team is in and out in five minutes. Um, you know, the league is clearly trying to do the right things. And, and in that way, we feel safe. But underlining all of that is this constant anxiety of, does somebody have it? You know, are, are, is this time that we do tests, one of my teammates going to test positive? Or am I going to test positive? Or then you get to the next level of, okay, you know, the teams that have to play Columbus, you know, they had one positive already. And now you're going to step on a field against them. And that's always going to be in the back of your mind while you're playing the game. So I think when you talk to players, I, I don't want to make it seem like they're, they don't feel safe. I think they feel safe. But there is this constant concern that things could blow up at any minute because now they've seen two outbreaks in two different teams already. It's a lot of anxiety. I would be feeling that if I was down there for sure. Um, has MLS given any sort of indication if you get X amount of positive tests that you're done? How do they go about deciding whether or yeah. not a team is going to be kicked out of the, the tournament? Because I know a lot of Nashville players really wanted to, to play, even though they had so many guys test positive. Yeah, actually, the Nashville players took a vote, the, the healthy players, and they overwhelmingly voted to play. Um, but here's the problem. There is no number, but in both Dallas and Nashville situation, as these positive tests started to occur and they kind of happened in clusters, the whole team was quarantined. So these players were in their hotel rooms by themselves, not allowed out. And so Nashville, for example, had gone more than a week without training at all. So the, to expect those players to step out of their hotel rooms, train for three or four days, and then being able to play a competitive match in the heat in Orlando was probably unrealistic. And I think the league was concerned that, hey, if we say, okay, you guys have now been testing negative for six straight days in Orlando, you can go out and train. That still doesn't mean that there isn't going to be somebody who's on the latter end of that two to 14 day incubation period who could potentially test positive. And now you've stuck them on a field against another team, mm-hmm. um, plus the injury concerns that could happen. So I think also we have to recognize that part of these plans to come back and play, are they have to be built around flexibility because this virus is so unpredictable. And we're seeing positive tests all over the place, whether it's MLS or the NBA or Major League Baseball. And so I think these leagues want to give themselves outs um, without tying themselves into anything. And so, no, MLS hasn't given any kind of directive of like, hey, if you have, you know, 40% of your roster testing positive, you're out, or 30%. And they haven't even said, hey, if, if we have 10 more positive tests across three teams in the bubble, this tournament's over. You know, right now it's, hey, right now we don't have any spread in the bubble, so things are going to go forward and everything's fine and actually our protocol is working. Now, I think the reason they're saying that is because the moment you have one test, one test, that indicates that let's say it's a team that's been there for 13 or 14 days without a positive test and suddenly they get one. Mm. Well, that's indicative of spread within the bubble. And at that point, you know, one is too many because one could mean more and it could lead to more. And 
And that's, I think, the big scary thing with the bubble is, is if you have spread within it, um, it, it changes the game completely. Well, how are their meals compared to like the Firefest catering <laughs> that the NBA players are receiving right now? Yeah, I mean, early on, that's what it was. Um, yeah. a, a player posted, actually, Omar Gonzalez, a national team player, posted a video, now a photo of a sandwich that was very Firefest adjacent. <laughs> I don't want to say it was Firefest, but it was yeah. Firefest adjacent. It's like and in between Firefest and like a kid cuisine. Just like no bread one, and just, cheese. No Ugh. one likes box lunches, okay? Period. Yeah. Professional athletes that are quarantined in their room for 24 hours awaiting the result of their first test definitely want more than a box lunch sandwich and a banana. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the, the levels. When you're in that quarantine, those are the meals you're getting, these kind of box lunches. Once you step out of the room, you get into the banquet hall, the food is, I've been told, okay. It's not great. It's okay. Yeah. Um, not as good as the food they usually get on normal road trips, yeah. but not box lunches. I do, however, feel really bad for like FC Dallas. Those players have been quarantined in their rooms for nine days now, 10 days. Ugh. They're getting a lot of box lunches. So <laughs> it it's, it's been rough for the teams who, um, who have had positive tests uh, because they're, yeah, they're not eating, eating great. Besides the food, has there been any other complaints or issues from the players when living in the bubble? I don't think so. It's definitely not as good as the NBA bubble. I mean, the NBA has got like the, the awesome entertainment and like the thing they're going the full nine. The MLS has like, they have like their little party rooms, but it's like ping pong and arcade games and they can all go to the pool and like, you know, it's Florida. So you, you know, it's fun to go to the pool. There've been a couple golf outings. Uh, so that side of it, I think has been okay. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's definitely not uh, the luxury format that we're going to see with the NBA players. Hey, uh, how impressed were you with the Revs win last night? Matt Turner. Yeah. Not, big stoppage save. time save was epic. <laughs> big save for Matt Turner to keep that result. I thought it should have been like 4 nothing for the Revs. Uh, they had a couple really, really golden chances that they shouldn't should have put away. And when they're playing teams that are better than Montreal, they're going to really need those goals to happen. But First game back in four months. I don't blame them for being a little bit rusty. Um, and I thought it was a, an overall a decent performance. I think it's indicative of the fact that Bruce Arena is a good coach. He understands how to put together a roster in Major League Soccer. He understands how to get results. And, um, yeah, a, a good way to start off. As anyone will tell you, in a tournament like this, your first group game is really, really important. And uh, to get a win, it sets you onto the path to, to get out of the group. Yeah, uh, how do you like their chances of winning the group before we let you go here? Yeah, I, I mean, right after getting that result last night, I, I think it puts them in a really good spot. And the other teams in the group haven't didn't look that great. So um, it's wide open. It's gonna, I mean, MLS is impossible to predict as a league in general. Now, with this situation, coming off of four months, playing in a bubble, it's going to be even harder. But I think, um, you know, I think you have to be impressed with New England and um, – I thought just kind of the strength of the roster, the way they looked, the fact that they were generating as many chances as they did. I, I think they've got a, a, a very, I don't know about winning the group, but certainly a chance to, to advance and to, to make some noise. Hey, we like hearing that. Uh, Paul, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, guys, he has all the updates on MLS's back tournament. Give him a follow on Twitter. Check out his work on The Athletic as well. Paul, we appreciate the time. Thanks so much, guys. Let's keep this... Uh bubble talk 
popping right now. Uh, the NBA, which is also down there in Orlando. Like if if I'm if I'm an NBA player, and I'm watching how again coronavirus has penetrated the bubble of Major League Soccer. Like, aren't aren't you thinking like you're you're a little nervous as well? I mean, of course you're thinking you're nervous. <laughs> like, you're, they're right next to you. They're yeah. basically in the same environment. Um, like Paul told us, he thinks that the NBA has it a little bit better than MLS does. Uh, but what we're seeing with the Nets, they had so many guys <laughs> test positive. You're, you're New Jersey. You're New Jersey, oh, yeah. as he accidentally called them on. That's all good. It's, it's like I still call the Chargers San Diego Chargers for crying out loud. You want to be in one place for like a bajillion years? Yes, that's what I'm going to keep calling. It was a throwback, all right? Uh, yeah, so, so Brooklyn's had so many players test positive. They signed others to fill their spots. Um, they have time on their side a little bit more so than MLS does because they're, they're playing. So you can't really fill once you started playing. But, um, yeah, it's – if you're if you're NBA, you're sitting there thinking maybe we should have done what NHL did and, and gone up north. That's that's a brilliant idea on the NHL's part too, because oh up in gosh, like Canada, they seem this. they seem they're to have winning. their ish together. Mm-hmm. And the whole time we're thinking, all right, man, it's going to be Vegas out west, and yeah. then maybe like Toronto here for like the east, uh, the teams in the Eastern Conference. But no, I, I think that was a huge curve. I don't think anyone expected to have both hub cities in Canada. No, no, I, I think we were maybe thinking one. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. One. Absolutely. one. So full, full on Canadian for the NHL restart. Um, Dude, can can we just talk about the end of this month? Like the amount, the sports that'll be happening. The age, the NHL will be starting. Baseball starts in two weeks. The NBA will close out like it's little like seeding games, the regular season and air quotes, if you will, before the playoffs. We're going to have yeah, NFL training camps. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's hopefully, all coming back. It is all yeah. coming back. But dude, I, it's I mean, going to be the best. It's gonna, it's going to be kind of the best time, but also the worst time to be alive. Because you're the sitting there time. holding your breath. You're yeah. like waiting for how many people are going to test positive when you get everybody back together. Um, I mean, these uh, leagues know. These leagues know what what they're doing. It's like you can't you can't panic. You have they're yeah, going to no. be expected. Positive tests are going to be expected. You just got to make sure. And it goes back to what we were saying with Jules with uh, baseball was that you just you got to be on top of the testing. That's the only thing. Keep testing. Keep testing. Keep testing. That's it. You gotta you gotta have professionals testing. You can't be testing yourself. You need you can't have testing delays. You need to get your results back before you go train the next day. Um, if they do that, I feel like as time goes on, I will feel better and better. But right now, I don't feel very good, especially for college sports. Like pro oh, sports yeah. is pro sports, but college sports, you're seeing Ivy League schools cancel their fall sports. You're seeing um, the Big, the Big Ten, Ten say the Big that Ten. they're going to play just conference games. And that's all fall, fall sports. That's, that is not just football here. So, yeah, all uh, fall sports. They're just trying to limit traveling. Yeah. I understand. The but at ACC, the same time, it's, it's everywhere. Yeah, the ACC and Pac-12 are, are about to do the same thing. So, um, and I know you being an ACC girl, being from Florida State, that sucks when you go all conference because you lose, uh, like rivalry games are going to lose that Florida game, like at the end of the year. Um, you know, when you go back, go back to Big Ten, you're going to lose Iowa, like Iowa State. I think there's like a mm-hmm. Notre Dame game. There's some, there's some damn good like Big Ten football games that we're losing. 
Oh, here we go. Ohio State, Oregon, high. Michigan, and Washington, Wisconsin, and like Notre Dame, like marquee non-conference football games of the season. I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do if there is not college football. I'm just such a ginormous college football fan and football yeah. in general. And we didn't even touch on like there's beef brewing right now. There's beef brewing between the NFLPA and the NFL because they can't seem to agree on a lot on the safety side of things right now. And the NFLPA doesn't want a preseason at all. And the NFL's like, well, okay, how about just like, you know, we cut it in half. The NLPA is like, no way, man. I mean, but, you need some of these guys that are just trying to make the roster. They yeah. need those reps. They need those games to, to show that they can do it, to say, hey, look at me. Those are, that's their shot. That is their yeah. shot of making it into the NFL. So, I mean, all across the board, when it comes to minor league players uh, in any professional sport, we're losing almost a generation of that, maybe, like a couple yeah. of years of that, where – all of a sudden, these guys with their prime years, they're losing their opportunity. I mean, it, it honestly feels yeah, you think a of a guy, like wartime. Yeah, Seals, you think of a guy like Malcolm Butler, who was, you know, undrafted. I mean, for the Patriots, became a Super Bowl hero, is, is making an ass ton of money now uh, with Tennessee all because of that. There are going to be some of those storylines, which is why, like, I'm, I'm probably in the minority. I'm probably one of the few. Who re I really enjoy the preseason. I do enjoy the NFL preseason. You are probably in the minority here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm just like, I don't know, for me being a kid, uh, it just always reminded me of, of going to these games where you had, where you actually had decent access to like players and like you could buy a cheap ticket and get down like closer to the front row and you could talk to some of the starters because they hardly ever play like on the sideline. Also the storylines like from like what we do, you like those human interest pieces and those guys who, you know, you have players who will undrafted guys who will stand outside facilities with a sign like sign me. And, you know, you, you have those every preseason, but the NFLPA, it's argument is we don't want, the games, we don't want to increase uh, injury. We need more time to train. They, they look back, they go back to the 2011 uh, lockout, uh, like shortened preseason there where you had an increase of like uh, hamstring injuries, Achilles injuries. Yep. You had like season-ending injuries left and right in the preseason. So I understand where they're coming from there. But then also the preseason has already sucked when it comes to actually preparing starters. We always say that, hey, that week one or week two of the regular season is more of just like an extension of the preseason. Mm -hmm. So I think this could – if there's no preseason and the NFL finds a way to get this show on the road, I think it will actually hurt the on-field product probably a little longer, a little further into the year, like, you know, two, three weeks. One thing I do know about the NFL, they're going to play. If they have to drag their asses across the finish line, there's so they're much money. going to play. I've I, I was up on my rooftop and there's somebody who was asking me questions about uh, sports. Humble brag. <laughs> no, I'm just, everybody has rooftop. rooftop in Boston. Let's be real. Um, I mean, you have one. I don't have a rooftop, I but I have a great, I have a great window. I'm on the third floor. You live on Commonwealth Drive. Come on. I'm just looking out my window now. Third floor. Yeah. Could be a rooftop. Anyway, I was, on, I was on my rooftop and there was this guy asking me some questions and he's like, oh, you, do you think the NFL could get canceled? I'm like, no, I, it's the NFL. They will always find a way to get their money. They're not going to stop playing. I mean, literally, and it's, it sounds absolutely terrible to think that there's going to be players that are going to get sick and some get really, really sick, and the NFL is going to continue. I don't think they're going to have, like, they're going to show their, their morals here, like the NBA did, like the NHL did when they first, you know, as soon as somebody tested positive, they were like, hey, let's walk this back. Let's, let's make sure everybody's safe. I don't see the NFL doing that. 
there is way too much money when it comes to advertising as well. Like they're, and you know what? They're already kind of preparing for it when it comes to everyone's like the, the league wants to push it as, Oh, we're going to clear those like first six to eight rows of each stadium for social distancing when they're just going to use that and they're going to slam a bunch of advertisements on it. And we're seeing that with like major league soccer right now. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they are preparing to have some lost time. I think there's already going to be a, just only two preseason games, maybe again, zero, which is still some advertising time, but the, the billions and billions of dollars that the NFL they're, they're generates for networks. Like if like, and, and Fred producer, Fred sent us an article, in the Washington post here, just that for TV networks, like missing sports. I mean, one unthinkable scenario here is losing the NFL season. It's not it going to happen. Devastating <laughs> for networks. It's no, I don't, I don't think so. And it, and it, I think there's going to be a lot of tweaks. They're already saying the league already sent out a memo restricting like post-game interactions, no one within six feet of each other, banning player jersey swaps and stuff like that. But <laughs> you have really some – really upset about the jersey swaps. I mean, I get it, but at the same time, it's like, really? Well, Richard Sherman, for example, makes a great point. He's pushing back. He's like, this is a perfect example of the NFL thinking in a nutshell because players are expected to play a full contact game and do They're it safely. They're already right there next to each other. <laughs> but, but then afterwards – but then afterwards, they can't do a, a jersey swap for crying out loud. Like they already were like manhandling each other for two hours. Like they can't just here, here, buddy. Here's a jersey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For for real though, like God forbid they shake hands. And I yes, the NFL season is going to happen. It, it's going to look it's going to look different. Uh, I don't think it's going to look much different for us sitting at home, like on our couch. Like that. That's all that. That's all that matters. Again, it's all about the TV side of things. Not even like you know, fans buying tickets and, and yeah, whatever. That's the difference all, between college and pro. That's yes. the is that you need fans in college to keep your, your cash flow going. Yeah. But and in pro you do not. Yeah, because like Fox it's, could lose a quarter a quarter of its revenue for the entire network if there is no NFL season. <laughs> that is mind boggling. I mean that's how much the NFL is worth, which is why the NFL yeah. will not shut down. Like yeah. literally they 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 will not. If, if there's one league that if you had to say, it, we have another massive outbreak, which league continues? The NFL. Mm -hmm. Hands they'll, down. they'll find a way. Uh, real quick, before we uh, get out of here, uh, just a quick quarantine thought. I discovered yesterday that you have this obsession with scratch-off tickets. You're very similar to my wife. Like you posted <laughs> this thing on your story. <laughs> and, it's, and I remember uh, like us talking a little bit about the show. We called each other. And it was uh, you're like, I'm going to go buy a bunch of scratch-offs. Like, I won $80 last week. And you post this story. And it's, like, it's like you're a baller. You're rolling in. You've got like five scratch-off tickets. You're like, yeah, what's up? I'm making it rain. I'm making it <laughs> okay, rain. Okay, let's, all right. I'm going to explain. So I used to be terrified of gambling. I didn't go to Vegas until I was like 22, 23. Um, Good. Don't ever go back. The first time I went to Vegas, I didn't even gamble. I just, you know, sat by the pool. Um, second time I went, I finally gambled. I won $500 and then it was over. Yeah. That, dude, that's <laughs> like when. Win once. You I know. <laughs> well, that's the problem. That's why, like, you know, there is like a legit addiction with people so, gambling out so there. But now yeah, the first. back here, I like doing scratch off tickets. Occasionally I get them like for Christmas or something. And you, yeah. they're just, they're fun. Yeah, those are like good stocking box. stuffers or, or yeah, um, you yeah. know, secret Santa gifts. But the whole thing is, is like, you're like the chance, what if, 
what if? And yes, and that's so, what keeps you coming back. You have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do it once a week. So when I when I go <laughs> take Lady a on a hike on the way back, I I get gas from wherever I'm coming from, and I buy a couple of scratch off tickets. I usually get spend ten dollars. I'm not spending an obscene amount of <laughs> money. I'm doing ten. Yeah. I'm playing it until I can't play it anymore, and then I stop. But last week I won forty dollars on my first go. Amazing. And I pocketed 30 <laughs> and kept playing a 10. And then I won another 40, pocketed 30, kept playing a 10. So every now and then you win. Okay, and then what so happened? Yesterday and then I did not win. Yesterday I did not win. <laughs> oh, producer Fred says, don't scratch too fast. You'll break a sweat and get moist. <laughs> Y'all, I, oh, I should have never Listen, told you that I hated this work. Oh, <laughs> so I, I, I love really Julian was just hammering away on it. Tells me that they hate that word too, because I hate that word. I will never say that ever. Like I, <laughs> I'm going to throw up in my mouth if I say that word. Oh, uh, good time. Good times today. Hey, good guess. Good guess today. I learned a lot about major league soccer. I'm not like, I'm not super glued to major league soccer, like all the time. So like, we said, let's bring on Paul. I was like, okay, that's not, that sounds good. And he, no, I, he's I, like I their, their head. I learned head a lot. Head soccer writer for the athletics. So he's like the guy to know. Um, yeah. So he, he was a good get. Definitely, definitely awesome. Have two guests on, on the pod. Um, but yeah. Uh, any weekend plans? Z? Uh, let's see. I no, we were gonna try to like actually venture out uh, a little bit and try to clear our minds, but I think the weather is supposed to be garbage. You have like uh like a fay, like a named storm ripping up the coast. That's gonna like drop a boatload of rain here. That doesn't sound fun. It looks gorgeous out right now. Well, right now it is, yeah. But that's why the Red Sox today moved that whole scrimmage thing to like noon. They're trying to beat all this weather that's coming in later. Anyway, oh, so yeah, nothing. I'll, oh, oh, oh. Um, yeah, oh, we're gonna. Oh. I'm going to. Uh, I'm gonna rent Hamilton. We're gonna watch Hamilton. I, I got to get on board do here. That. I okay. Let next quarantine thoughts. We'll talk about Hamilton because that's another Perfect. thing that I need to watch. So I'm like the only. I feel like we're the only two who haven't seen it. Probably. <laughs> and uh, his statue is outside our our place as well. So definitely need to get on that. Okay. Oh, yeah, what about right. you? You're you're probably doing nothing, right? I just I don't even ask you because I know you're not doing anything. <laughs> just kidding. You uh, yeah, went hiking probably, yesterday. Probably, I'm just... probably doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Thank you. <laughs> you drink some brews. You dropped some brews off to me, so I'm gonna probably crack You're one welcome, of those. You're welcome, I know. Hey, you see? I'm rocking it. I know. I know. Shout out vitamin C. The, the vitamin, yeah, vitamin C brewing. Um, very excited. That's actually what I'm doing today. I'm going to test those new new beers on the rooftop. So cool. I can always tell that. when you're drinking based on your Instagram story. Well, it usually starts with like you're you're cheersing everybody, and then God knows, like five <laughs> five sections later, like on your story, I'm like, oh my God, lady. And then I'm playing some game like shuffleboard, and I'm yelling and being a total bro competitive. <laughs> I know it's like you versus your dog in shuffleboard. It's <laughs> just like <laughs> leave me alone. Oh, good times, great oldies. All right, you want to wrap this thing up, E? Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks, everybody. And you and I are back on Nesson After Hours on the television side on Monday night. 
So I'm looking forward to that. Wild schedule for us, but we are getting more and more days. We will be more and more in your face, good people of New England. Yeah, that's what you need. You need us in your face, in your moist faces as it is extremely humid and disgusting outside. Everyone have a great weekend. Everyone be safe. Thank you very much for listening to the After Hours Podcast presented by People's United Bank. Emerson Lazzi, Asile Godwin, we are out. 